Hello, you guys. Welcome back to my podcast, Headspace. I'm your host, Christina Miller. Yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, hope life is treating you right. We are officially one month done with 2023 already. That is insane. I don't know. I feel like the older I get, the more, the faster everything gets. It might just be me. I have no idea. Or it's just because I'm in college and it's moving really fast. So maybe that's why. But I apologize for not posting these last two weeks. Last week I was sick and I'm sure you you did not want to hear the ASMR congestion that I had going on. Um, But then I also, the week before, I was just not in the right space mentally. And I had to kind of take some me time and figure some stuff out. But we are all good to go. And I'm also excited. It's February because I love Valentine's Day. Even when I'm single, I love Valentine's Day. I love the whole concept, you know. Um, Do I know the exact story of, like, St. Valentine? Like, the whole, like, you know, there's there's, a holiday for a reason, you know. There was a a person or whatever happened. I'm not, I don't really remember the story. Um, But I did learn it at one point. But I just love the whole, like, love is love like i i just love love you know everything about it so i'm definitely gonna have a relationship slash like valentine's episode coming out next week for sure um which is amazing because that will be a day after i have my one year anniversary with my boyfriend and i that's so cute that's so sweet i don't know this entire january and february i've been because that this time last year you know we were hitting it off and it was like really cool so definitely the month of love for me for sure so (laughs) um but today's episode is going to be a little different it is going to be all about things I wish or things I want to teach my own children one day and this is just a whole bunch of stuff that I wish I knew growing up or that I learned and that I wish I knew sooner or how I could have looked at things differently like during past experiences and how I wish I was raised versus how I was and stuff like that um this is definitely going to be a multiple part series because I can talk about this stuff all day like I have I have so many like epitome is that the right word I'm not sure but I have so many moments where I'm like aha that would be a great thing to like you know teach my kid one day or like that's something I want them to know one day or like as a parent I would want my kid to know that or like even like as a friend I want my friends to like have this knowledge you know um and that comes with being a future life and leadership development mentor and a pageant coach for future generations I want to be able to have the influence on people and teach them in a positive way and show them not really what's right and wrong but kind of give them a more like structure that makes sense because although I did have structure growing up I think it could have different types and definitely more of structure than I was given growing up and that's no like hate to my parents like you know parents are parents they do their thing so and a lot of this is inspired by what I wish I knew growing up so no hate to my parents but like yeah (laughs) I mean I think everyone can relate to that you know you kind of and everyone understands that when you grow up and you kind of realize where your parents aren't perfect because I remember when I began to realize my parents weren't perfect and that they didn't do always everything right it was crazy to me I was like what in the world this is there's no way that's insane because when you grow up you have your parents on such a high pedestal because you're like these are my parents like 
they made me who I am, like it's a huge deal, like they have to be perfect, like there's no way. And then when you're older and you can think for yourself and you're a young adult, you realize actually this is not at all <laughs> what I would have done, but hey, it worked out for me. But now I know what I want to do that I personally believe would be more beneficial for my children and the future generation, especially in the world we live in. So progressive, so all over the place, definitely it's all, it's so crazy. I'm honestly scared. I'm getting a little off track right now, but I'm honestly scared to be old because you not know, like, okay. So like, you know how like, okay, no offense to mom and dad, but like y'all come on. Um, but like, you know, like how you, my parents are not very with it. If I can, you know, like my parents are not totally with it. Um, I know some parents, they're like, they are on top of it. They're on top of the music, the trends, the those social media apps maybe they don't have all of them but they're on top of what's cool and what's not cool right they know like makeup brands that have popped in they know shoe brands they, they have a sense of all that stuff my parents knew they are creatures of habit they have bought the same clothes the same shoes the same products for years and years and years they're and listen to the same music forever like having them listen to Harry Styles is so weird to them. Like One Direction, when I was growing up, they had no idea, you know? And I have friends who, who like their parents are like their dad. They love listening to like new Taylor Swift and Harry Styles and they love going to concerts like that. My parents are definitely not like that at all, you know? And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that because you have either one side of parents or the complete other side of parents, I feel like. But with that said, I say that because there's a lot of things that I would want to know in this like generation day and age like this era of like you know becoming the next generation to have kids you know there's so many things I want to be able to teach and know and have my child know before I let them just experience things you know so with that ramble done and said and everything we are going to move on to the very Oh, sorry first topic I had to set up for that <laughs> um the very first topic is how to express emotions so this sounds pretty basic um but I want I want to be able to teach kids not only to laugh and be happy and you know cry when they want to cry and be sad but I think it's important to let them know that it's okay if you're annoyed it's okay if you're angry it's okay like with literally everything it's okay to feel literally everything and anything you can't really control your emotions you can only control how you react and what you do to help your emotions maybe but you cannot control how you feel at all um and one of the things i one of the things that comes to my mind when i talk about this is i'm on that side of tiktok that has like parenting advice for new mothers and like toddlers who are starting to express emotions and be angry and throw tantrums and stuff like that and they do it in a very gentle way instead of being so mean I guess and now I do believe kids need discipline that's how they learn rules that's how they learn what's right from wrong and it's, it's essentially kids do need discipline I do believe in that um but the way that I got it when I was younger is something I don't want to do to my own kids. I was never, like, whipped or anything, but my friends were. My friends were definitely, they saw the belt, they ran. <laughs> they stopped doing what they were doing. They saw the wooden spoon, they ran. Um, so I think between, like, my parents and how they were probably raised, 
to discipline kids is going to be totally different in how I'm going to discipline my kids. So um, when it comes to experiencing emotions, it's really frustrating and you have to use a lot of patience when a kid is angry. And a lot of the stuff that I see in these videos and these like advice, you know, TikToks is essentially like communicate with your kid, ask them, okay, what's wrong? Why are you upset? Like put words to how you're feeling, just essentially telling them to put words to their emotions. Because you know how like when you're growing up, your mom said, use your words. And that's, it was helpful. It was, but I think it's important to kind of put yourself on their level, like talking about kids, put yourself on their level, empathize with them because I never got that. That's one thing I didn't get. And that's one thing I want to talk about is being able to say, listen, I know this is really sad. Or like, I know this is really bummy. Like this really sucks, but, and then come up with a positive. Um, this is like kind of all over the place, but I want to be able to show my kids that they will not get punished for expressing emotions but I do, I do want them to express emotions in a proactive way. You know, I don't want a kid to throw a tantrum just because they're bored and they want to throw a tantrum. Because I've been there. <laughs> I've been like, oh, you know what? Things are a little too peaceful right now. I'm just going to go crazy for a minute. Um, <laughs> not too much, but, you know, a little bit here and there. Um, it was a little bit of a drama queen when I was a kid. But instead of having, you know, outbursts and stuff like that, I want my kid to feel comfortable coming to me when they are a toddler and say, hey, I'm in a mood or like, hey, I'm sad. I know they can't articulate that well at that point, but it's important to start teaching that super early on because if you take the time and patience to teach them that slowly but surely, when they are of age to start expressing more intricately how they feel, it is most definitely worth your time because my parents, they never really empathized. They just kind of told me, you know, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about kind of aspect, you know. They never, well, I did get spankings, but, you know, that's pretty normal for my generation. Um, they never made me feel seen, if that makes sense, when it comes to emotions. So when I d was having outbursts and when I was, you know, crying and I was freaking out, I felt kind of isolated. I felt very isolated in my emotions and that's what I don't want to happen to my own kids. I don't want them to feel like they're silly or that, you know, it's not valid or anything like that. I want, you know, emotions to be normal and they are, they're supposed to be normal. And I think the word emotion has gotten a negative connotation from literally so many things, but it's okay to have emotions. And I think that's something I want to teach at a younger age or at least, you know, at an age where they can actually understand what I'm talking about if that makes sense but I think that would heighten their first of all emotional maturity heighten their emotional maturity but it would make things in the future just so much easier so much less painless um communicating would be so much easier not just me with them but like their own life thinking about how they're going to be around their life when it comes to school and when it comes to future relationships when it comes to friends and future boyfriends and girlfriends and whatever they want it's just so important to be able to have that emotional maturity that I don't think a lot of people in my generation have because they were neglected, of their emotions were neglected for so long, you know, because it was just the easy thing to do. And I see mothers nowadays do it as well because that's what their parents do and that's generational trauma. But I think it's so 
important to you know validate oops hit the mic <laughs> i think it's so important to validate um just these emotions as kids and then they learn to grow up and understand how to speak their mind if that makes sense because i know personally for me and i think i can speak for a lot of people is when you did have tantrums when you did have freakouts and when you just didn't feel good that day or whatever and you would cry about it or you get upset about it you could almost feel like an inconvenience to your parents you know and I don't want my kids to ever feel like an inconvenience now I understand no one's perfect I'm going to have those moments as a parent where I'm going to be like dude shut up (laughs) like not like that mean but I'm going to have those moments where I cannot deal with it that day but I will make sure to come back and say hey listen I'm so sorry I was in my own mind that day but I'm now ready to listen to you if you would like to talk you know I think it's important to almost be over communicative with your child um I definitely do not think you should be soft on your kid I did see this TikTok um literally I get all my things from TikTok references TikTok like I can write a paper on like random concepts and the whole sources page would just say TikTok um but I saw this TikTok one time of comparing um like Gen Z parents to the their parents before whatever generation they are and it compared it to like you know like stop crying I'm gonna give you something to cry about and then the next one of like you know us being Gen Z kids like training well not training sorry I'm thinking I'm thinking about pets right now (laughs) training but like raising our kids and they're throwing tantrum in a store instead of saying stop crying or I'm gonna give you something to cry about they make it out to be like oh mommy's listening mommy hears you she's here to validate your feelings she is here to take your emotions so please tell me what you want it okay there's a fine line there's a fine line between babying and coddling your kid and being able to discipline and put a voice to how they're feeling that's what i'm talking about i'm not going to be the stereotypical you know like soft parent like i don't think and i'm not trying to you know roast these people for being that way I think that's just parenting is so all over the place and what works for you works for you honestly at that point um but what I think is you can't be that soft you know because I don't I don't want to raise brats or I don't want to raise you know I don't even know like I'm 19 I don't know what I'm talking about really but I think it's important to be stern to have that parental figure but to still be a ear for your kid because that's just so important. Okay, I'm going to move on before I bury myself in a hole of just talking about this forever. Literally, I could talk about everything forever. Okay, number two, it's okay to make mistakes and be imperfect. Okay, so I came, again, I feel like a lot of people can relate to this. I came from a family that grades are worth more than anything. Like, you know, if you have extracurriculars, great. But if they get in the way of your grades, then you better stop it and work on your grades. So, and it wasn't a bad thing. I do think grades are a good thing. And that's actually something I want to talk about um, after this. Yeah, I want to talk about grades after this and what they really, you know, entail for your life. So, when it comes to, what did I just say? It's okay to make mistakes and be imperfect. Okay, Um, so in my household... Again, I was raised to make good grades and such and such, right? Um, It's okay if it wasn't always an A or a B. 
um actually a b is like the lowest like they wanted but if i got a c they're like okay what just do better next time whatever i didn't have like crazy parents where i've heard like you know you get like a b minus and they go crazy on you i did not have those parents thankfully um but i did have high standards which is totally perfectly fine um but what this taught me is that if i am not perfect on every single thing i am a failure and i think that's what my school taught me because my school was extremely academic driven it was extremely like everyone was super competitive in my school everyone got a's you know you were the popular kids you were the cool kids if you got a's and if you kind of just made it around with an a and a b you were like okay you know like our school was based on academics like it mattered you know and kids would be like oh what'd you get a plus oh what'd you get <sighs> an a oh it's okay you got it better next time like it was insane. Like our school was super, super crazy like that. And I'm so thankful to go to a school that is so competitive and so academic driven because it's definitely affecting me for the future. But that plus so many other past experiences, if it wasn't perfect, it wasn't good enough. Therefore, I was a failure. Now, this also comes with anxiety and perfectionism. I was always just like, if it's not perfect, it's not good enough. Like, I remember I had these little ticks when I was a little little girl. Little girl. Um, I remember I always had these little, like, habits and ticks when I was little. And even, like, organizing my room and cleaning my room as a, as a kid. And having, be, having things be a certain way. <laughs> and they not... And being perfect or else it just failed. And it was terrible. You know, I don't know where it all started. But it's a concept that I've learned... And I have had to force myself to get over because I, it was, it, it held me behind. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice right now. Like I'm stuttering, just thinking about it, it's triggering me, but just realizing that not everything has to be perfect. You can make mistakes. It does not mean you're a failure, you know, cause out of classes, I had a class in like, like freshman year and it was econ it was econ and government. It was an econ and government class, freshman year of high school. And I just, I've never been good at history. I've never gotten it. Like always, it's just never been my subject. I've just never really liked the class. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. But there was one point where I got such bad grades in that class where I was about to fail that class. I've never failed a class in high school. I've never failed a class in high school ever in like middle school, never, ever. And eventually we learned that my teacher had filed some grades wrong and it was actually his fault so it was not my fault at all um but in that class I was reprimanded by my parents so often about it and I was just like okay so I'm not good enough if I can't get an A in this class like what the heck um but there was also this other time um when I learned this when I was in karate I actually had a very toxic instructor um that I'm just now kind of I've just now recently learned that a lot of his behaviors were toxic whether he wants to admit it or not but besides the point there were times when he would tell me to do something I would do it he would come out to see what I'm doing because I'm doing exactly what he said whether it's a warm-up a drill teaching something and he would either push me to the side and do it himself and be really like just just let me do it kind of attitude or he would look at me shake his head and leave the room but 
anytime he would do that, I would feel so disappointed and so defeated. And then he would lecture me after class saying what I did wrong. And I would be so confused because I did what he asked me to do. And it's hard to it's hard to fathom now because even right now I'm trying to think what I did wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I did exactly what he asked me to do. But he was always expecting me to do something a little bit more or something different than he told me to do. I'm not really sure. But I remembered correctly what he wanted me to do and I was doing those things. And then he always there was always something wrong with it. Essentially. There was just always something wrong with the way I was teaching, warming up the class. There was just always something wrong with the way I was doing it. And Yeah. You go girl. Um there was just always something wrong with the way I was doing whatever he assigned me to do. And keep in mind, I've been teaching students since I was eleven. I'm nineteen now. Um I stopped teaching when I was eighteen, but like for that long like for seven years I had that going on so it instilled in me that if it wasn't perfect I failed because he made me feel so bad for not doing it the way he wanted me to do it or mess not doing it right I don't know I don't know what it could have been at this point but I just felt so defeated like a failure absolute terrible just terrible like I just felt terrible it was just so bad and then he's the one who you know pointed out to me that I couldn't take constructive criticism because I would feel like I failed and I'm glad he pointed it out to me because that did answer a lot of my questions but I realized later I'm like wait you're the one who caused that kind of thing so I I don't even know but it it was a big revelation in that moment and once I realized I'm like wait he's the one who taught me that but he's the one who did that to me like what it it's so crazy so kind of taking all the stuff that I learned when I was younger and I was instilled to think about and I think a lot of you know I'm not sure how high school is now I sound so old shut up Christina um I'm not so sure how like I went to a private school so I'm not so sure how the general population of like kids who go to school like public school private school um boarding school I'm not so sure how you know, competitive it is on different levels, like, I really don't know anymore, but school is a really big source of that kind of feeling, and I think it's important to remember that you can make a mistake, you can give yourself grace, it's important to give yourself grace, and that phrase has definitely helped me with that feeling, for sure. My number three is grades are not everything, but they do get you far. So, I think grades begin to matter in elementary school to kind of figure out where to put you as far as, you know, do you have a learning disability? Do you not? Do you learn at a faster pace? Can we put you at a higher reading pace? You know, all that fun stuff. Once you get to middle school, for me, that's when you were able to start taking honors classes and all this other stuff. And that's what helped get me into higher level high school classes. In middle school, though, wait, yeah, yeah, in middle school, I was a good student, um, but then in high school, I had a really rough time in ninth grade, but then I was able to catch up and keep my good GPA and all that fun stuff. Um, so in middle school, I think is the time when you really want to think about GPAs and classes and, you know, moving up levels in classes and stuff like that. And then, of course, high school, you are building your GPA all the way until you are a junior or a senior, so you look good for college applications. So it's kind of all interlocked. So elementary school is kind of about placement and where to put you like learning wise 
middle school is right before high school when you want to start worrying about what level classes you're taking just start thinking about you know all that fun stuff and then once you get to high school that's when you really need to start thinking about your GPA focusing on your grades and stuff like that in order to get to a good college once you get to college it really depends on your degree slash master's doctorate PhD whatever you want it really matters what your focus is on for me I'm in business you can really find business literally everywhere um but I just wanted to have a good business school but I also wanted a big school so I go to the University of Alabama another option would be um Boulder in Colorado is it in Colorado I think so yeah Boulder in Colorado I think that I think it's in Colorado um yep Boulder Colorado Boulder Colorado that is right um that's also one of the top business schools um so for me I have a lot of options I really could have gone anywhere I wanted to um but say you're in you want to become a doctor you probably want to have a want to go to a good school with a good pre-med track and then if you want to go to med school you probably want to be in the same area as a good med school place like for example my dad I went to NC State for pre-law and then he went to Emory for law school um so they're pretty good you know distance away yada 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 whatever but it's all about the end goal it's really about your end goal you have to think about and I think that's when school can be important now it's if you're not so focused on, you know, STEM or something that really, really, you know, needs you to be at Harvard or somewhere like a really nice big school that was going to affect you later on in your career, then it's not, not too, I'm repeating myself, <laughs> literally, it's not too important in my opinion. I think I had a good balance of school. I did make my grades look good for junior and senior year. So I graduated with good grades, even through COVID. I made it happen somehow. Um, But you really don't know what you're trying to do with your life until you kind of reach college and you kind of see what's available. You know, like you have the options, you have your applications, you kind of have an idea of what you kind of want to do. But once you're on your own and once you can kind of get a feel for your classes and get a feel for your major and get a feel for, you know, what your degree looks like and what classes it'll take, what your experience is going to look like in that career field, you're not going to 100% know what you want. And, you know, I have a friend right now, she's been in nursing for two years and now she's like, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. You know, it can, it can change all the time. And that's what my mom told me forever. She was like, listen, you can get so far and you can decide this is not what you want to do anymore. Um, the one negative thing about that is that it requires more time and money to figure out what you want to do now. But College is thankfully very flexible. You know, when you're in high school, it's weird seeing a 20-year-old sit in a senior class. But at college, it's a lot more flexible when it comes to when you learn, when you get this degree, when you get that degree, yada, yada, yada. Personally, I think the earlier the better, and I think that everyone can agree with that. But sometimes, life just doesn't work out that way. You know, and you have to kind of make your own time for it. But when it comes to education, if you're going to do something with the doctorate or you know, in the STEM field, of course, um, and stuff like that, something that kind of, like I said, is a big deal when it comes to where you got your education, then you got to really worry about your grades for the rest of your life, um, not really, you know, but, you know, worry about where you get to college, all that stuff, like, you know, I think also 
one thing to point out is extracurriculars and how those can be very good for you as a person, you know, in whole. Um, I don't mean just for your college applications or other applications you may have or resumes or anything, but I think that they build character depending on what you're doing. So, and they might help you find a career path. You never know. That's what it did for me. Um, pageantry was one of my extracurriculars that I was able to put on my college applications and resumes. And I think a lot of what got me, you know, noticed by a lot of schools and, you know, offered, um, you know, scholarships from schools, but it also found my career path because I was so passionate about it. I was like, you know what? I could do this for a career. This is easy. Well, not easy, but like, this is easily like a passion I would do. Like easy. Yes. If that makes sense. Um, not easy by means at all. It's just an easy yes to do, you know, um, depending on what you're looking for in life, I think it's important to also have the people skills and have the, you know, emotional maturity, like we talked about in the, um, beginning of this episode and just have that kind of social sense of how the world works, how the world works, how people work, the whole, the whole nine yards while you may be in school and you are smart and you do apply yourself it's important to be part of clubs it's important to be part of like sports and other things and maybe you have a different hobby that's not even in school you just like to spend time on um like for karate for example I did that after school almost every single day um I would go teach and that helped me so much for what my eventual career goal was going to be now in high school by the way I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon in pediatrics so and I decided literally junior year of high school I was like you know what never mind um but it's important to have other skills than education that's why if I had a kid and they wanted to join the marching band heh, join the marching band please um or they wanted to do a sport or they wanted to do a hobby or they were interested in a hobby and they wanted me to help them invest in one like art or crocheting or music or something like that I would let them because you need to have that creativity you need to have that you know experiences one it gives you something to talk about with people and it gives you more experience on just like life things in general right but it also builds your character it builds your personality it builds you as a person and I don't know where I would be today as a person without my experience in pageantry, karate, marching band, band, going to these concerts, and, you know, having my knowledge on all these extracurriculars that I did. So it's important to have a variety. And that's why, you know, if you're not the best in your class because you have other hobbies, I think that's perfectly fine, you know, and it, it's super flexible. Um, but again, depends what you want to do, depends what your interests are. If you are an absolute nerd who likes to hide in their room all day and play video games and you love video game design, do it. <laughs> Go for it. Um, it's just, it really is up to, you know, what you like and what you don't like, which I think is so stressful to think about. Like, if you want everything to work out perfectly, you have to know what you want to do by, like, high school, which is so stupid because you're literally, like, you're, like, 15. <laughs> you should not know what you want to do with the rest of your life by then. Um, but that's the world we live in. So yeah I don't know I got lucky man I literally decided junior year of high school I was like you know what I'm not doing this anymore I'm gonna go for business and 
I cannot be happier with my choice. I have not looked back. It's almost four years that I've had this dream and I'm sticking to it. Of course, I'm open to, you know, different career paths in the future, but it's this is something I really want to do. And I'm really happy that that I made up my mind. I'm so thankful that I made up my mind when I did, you know, and just took it as is. So, um, let me think. Okay. Ooh, I love this one. Next one. Number four. If someone doesn't support something that makes you who you are, it's best to let them go. So, this had a lot to do with high school experiences and, you know, just like friends in general. If you love doing something that makes you who you are and someone doesn't support that, they don't need to be in your life, you know? And I mean, I'm not trying to say that harshly, like, you know, like, cut them off, like, leave them to the the rats, I don't know, like, leave them be, like, screw you guys, like, I'm not saying, like, you don't need to be mean, you don't need to be mean, um, but it's not the energy you need in your life, you know what I'm saying, um, now, if it's something they don't support you doing, and they still want to be friends with you, that's a whole different topic, I think it really depends on the scenario for that, um, but if they just don't support it in general, and it's very, I don't know. Like what I what I mean to talk about is when I got into pageantry, my friend group changed a lot. Cuz my my best friend at the time got very clingy because they wanted to be a part of it all. And I'm like, "Listen, this isn't about you. This is about me and my journey and yada yada yada." I didn't tell them that and I never told them that. That's what I thought of them, but that's what I noticed at the time. I was like, you're becoming very clingy and not in like a, you know, like, oh my God, bestie, I love you so much, but more in like a, wow, I can't wait for you to take me when you do this and this and this. I'm like, um, this is my journey. I'm sorry. And there was other stuff that went down that was just like, okay, this is, this is toxic. So well, I got to let you go. Um, but like my friends started to change, you know, people around me started to react to me differently. Um, my relationship at the time, they were very insecure that I was, um, being seen by other people, if that makes sense. They were, we might get on that a whole nother, another day, but that relationship was interesting. Um, but they were very insecure of like, you know, me being shown to the world and me experiencing modeling and pageantry and putting a whole ton of makeup and, you know, doing my hair like crazy. Like they were not very supportive of that. You know, even though it made me happy and made me who I am today, oh my gosh, made me who I am totally a whole bunch today, and they didn't support that, I was like, you know what, this isn't this isn't going to work out. Um, even one of, a person in my life, they, they never, not that they didn't support, they would cheer me on, you know, but they wouldn't care to ask, they wouldn't care to listen about my pageantry and stuff like that, and there's even people now that I talk to them about pageantry, and they cut me off, or they change the subject, or whatever, and it's something that I love to talk about, and I love literally every aspect about it, I love the fashion, I love the, like, when it comes to competitions, I love talking about the modeling and like what I did and this and that and like what I talked about in an interview and then my platforms and why I'm so passionate about my platform and XYZ. I just love talking about all those things, but I've had people 
just completely stop listening to me when I start talking about this and them not supporting what literally makes me me um I'm sorry I'm gonna have to you the doors over there if you if you're interested in finding the door it's over there um but it's so important to if you love doing something like say you have a hobby of crocheting and people make fun of you for it but you absolutely love doing it keep doing it like don't let people like that like make fun of you for it. that is the dumbest thing to do like they are more dumb making fun of you for it than you doing it like I promise you like that is that is like the worst thing um I'm trying to think of other examples if you if you have an identity if something that's a part of your identity and people don't support it or they think it's stupid or they think it's too much and it's not harming them or you in any type of way then let them go sis like you don't need that type of energy Heck no. You don't need that type of energy at all. Like, let me try to think if there's something part of my identity that people were just annoyed by. I was like, how dare you? Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything that... I mean, I'm pretty perfect, so... <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, um, oh, like, really stupid situation. My friend, he, he was like... I wore something one day, and I thought it looked cute because it was like it was monochrome, so everything was, like, blue that I wore that day, I had these blue leggings, different shade of blue sweatshirt, and my shoes were just white, like, I think it looked cute, and he said, jokingly, like, he's always joking with me, but I was, like, ow, he's, like, please never wear that outfit again, (laughs) I was, like, oh my gosh, like, what did I do, um, but if he was being real with me, and was, like, your outfit looks terrible, first of all, no, you have bad taste, um, like little stuff like that like stuff you wear and people make fun of you for it bro don't listen to them like I had oh I hate to say I had a friend but I did have a friend in high school middle school I'd get made fun of for a certain hair accessory or or like a bracelet or something I was wearing and I was like I like it so yeah and they would just have to deal with it I know it's harder in like high school and it's a very like closed group of people um, and just, like, dropping people and be like, you know what, I don't need you in my energy, but it's, it's something to do, I mean, I don't know, just be you, don't worry about it, if you do something, or you have something, or you wear something, or anything, and it makes you who you are, and is a huge identifying part of your life, and everything, and people make fun of you for it, or they don't support it, or they judge you for it, then you don't need that. You need people who support you for being you. Not trying to bring you down for being you, because that is absolutely stupid. That is the dumbest thing. All right. Um, we're gonna do we're gonna do five and six because they're they're kind of together. All right. So number five, sorry goes a long way. So when you're a kid, you learn to say excuse me, yes please, no thank you, yes ma'am, no sir, like you learn all your manners and stuff like that, right, you learn to say sorry, you say it's okay, I forgive you, you learn all of that, I think a lot of that goes out the window when you grow up, you kind of forget, I mean you, of course, you know, when you're in school, you say yes ma'am, no ma'am, yes sir, no sir, you kind of keep those up and yes please, thank you, like those are easy to come by, um, But I think when people 
you know, run into drama and run into relationships and situations when they're in middle school and high school, when you have that, like, age gap when, you know, people start being people, (laughs) um, people kind of lose the whole sorry and I forgive you kind of thing. And unfortunately, I, I find, well, I think that everyone should find a lot of meaning in sorry and I forgive you because when I was a kid and I was reprimanded for something and I was in trouble or whatever, I would go and say, I'm sorry. And it got to a point where, unfortunately, my parents would, you know, they wouldn't give me forgiveness. They wouldn't give me that satisfaction of like, it's okay, we all make mistakes. And that kind of goes with the whole like, it's okay to make mistakes kind of thing. Um, and I felt like, you know, I felt neglected. I felt like I messed up and I felt like if I do one more thing wrong, I'm out of here. Like I, it just felt, I felt absolute doom. Like, you know, I just felt like I was the worst person in the world because, I messed up apparently so bad when I was a kid that they wouldn't even forgive me, you know? And this also carried into um, one of my relationships and I would always say sorry and I would never get the I forgive you or they would always say sorry and I would say I forgive you and if I didn't say that, they'd be like, do you forgive me? I'm like, yes, I do. Um, But I think people lose the whole concept of sorry and I forgive you, so that's something I definitely want to carry through my child's, you know, life is, like, what it means to be sorry and what it means to forgive somebody. So, like, when it comes to that, first of all, saying sorry when it's something you did, you know, saying sorry is apologizing for you. You're never apologizing for the other person because that becomes gaslighting. You never want to say, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry that you, I'm sorry if you, I'm sorry if that offended you. No, 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 no. You're never apologizing for other things. You're only ever apologizing if it's something that you did. And that's important because you need to own up to your actions and you don't ever have to own up to other people's actions either. You know, like I feel so bad when people, you know, are with people, like say like they're in a relationship and they have to go around and say, I'm sorry for my boyfriend or I'm sorry for my girlfriend. I'm sorry that my partner is blank. First of all, if you're saying sorry for your person that much, there's something wrong. Um, But you should only ever have to be apologizing for yourself. So say like I make a mistake and I realize that I made a mistake. Say, hey, I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings earlier. I was feeling frustrated myself and I lashed out to you. Do you forgive me? And forgiveness would look like you recognize that they do feel sorry and that it comes from a place of genuineness and that they explain themselves and stuff like that so forgiveness is when you recognize those things and what they just told you and that you guys are cool and you're like you know what i forgive you we've all been there it's okay i totally get you you run me the wrong way but i do forgive you you know and that relieves so much anxiety for like everybody i feel like if i kept this kind of basic mannerism through middle school and high school and even now and if other people did too I think there would be so much less anxiety so much less drama so much less everything because for me not getting the forgiveness and not getting that word of it's okay I would freak out I would absolutely freak out and I always freaked out like I was like I'm sorry I want to hear anything back I'm like dang it what did I do what did I do I'm like oh my gosh like I I messed up I screwed up like this is it this is the end of me 
I'm like, tomorrow I was non-existent. Like, I would absolutely freak out. Like, the world was just doomed. Everything. So, with that, number six, people remember the way you make them feel. Spin off from number five. So, again, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to mess up. So, when you do make mistakes and stuff, I know that people a lot of the time get embarrassed of owning up to their mistakes and they have this feeling of like, oh my gosh, like that's so cringy. Like I don't want to be that person. Like that messes up all the time. Dude, everyone messes up. Get over it. Like get over yourself and just apologize. So when it comes to people remember the way you make them feel, people remember if you're a good listener. You know, they may not remember every single little fact about you or stuff like that, but people will remember you're a good listener. People will remember you make them feel happy. People will remember if you're funny. People will remember if, you know, you're moody or if you're really depressing to be around. People will remember the sorries. So when you do mess up or if you do mess up and you give them a sincere apology, say like, let me think, say I insulted your outfit. Like I accidentally insulted your outfit. Um, you come out in like this really bright pinky orange color. I'm like, oh, that's my first reaction. I'm like, oh, you're like, what? I'm like, oh, it's just your shirt. Like, it's really bright, you know? And that kind of offended you. And you're like, oh, and you go change. And then I notice and I'm like, oh crap, I didn't mean to make them feel bad. So I come to you later and I say, instead of, you know, instead of making you remember how I made you feel about your shirt and that you have this memory of like, oh my gosh, they judge me all the time. They're just gonna you know, roast me all the time with my outfits. Instead of leaving you with that feeling, I'd rather go to you and say, hey, I'm really sorry about my reaction earlier. It's just a color that I personally wouldn't wear, but I'll admit it does look good on you. It just is something I wouldn't particularly choose, but I'm really sorry that I had that initial reaction. That was totally my bad. I have no filter. I am so, so sorry. That was really bad on my part. I'm really sorry. Can you forgive me? And you coming from an understanding place hopefully if you're not insane I don't know sometimes I think the world is so straightforward and sometimes just not um but you being understanding you'd say oh my gosh yeah no problem I totally get it um and you might be able to explain like yeah I like to choose bright colors because it makes me feel better in the day or whatever and like you know you have a bonding relationship after that I don't know it's all over the place but I think that you know, saying sorry and people remember how the way you make them feel, those go hand in hand. And to even talk about how people remember how the way you make them feel, I think is so important. I remember that whenever I meet somebody for the first time or if I'm hanging out with somebody or if somebody's going through a hard time and I'm just sitting there with them, I have to remember that most of the time, if they're thinking about something else or they're just trying to they're just thinking about how they're interacting in the situation or something like that, I always remember people will remember how I made them feel. You know, if I made them feel seen, if I made them feel loved, if I made them feel ignored, if I made them feel happy and, you know, hysterical, like if I made them feel funny because I laughed at all their jokes, even though they're terrible. I'm kidding. Um, But people will always remember how you make them feel. So, I think that's super important when you're moving around in life and, you know, when you have new bosses and when you have friends and when you have relationships and family and all this stuff, it's important to remember that you make an impression and it lasts. So say like you're meeting like someone's parents for the first time, like you're 
boyfriend or girlfriend's relation um parents for the first time you can don't say anything crazy but like you can say some stuff you're like oh my gosh why did i say that that just sounded so stupid and super small but you might have a really funny personality or you might have a really you know pretty smile or you have like a welcoming presence i don't know people will just remember that about you people always remember those little things you know over what you may have said now people will remember what you say i'm not saying you can say the world is a terrible place i'm not saying you should say like terrible things and just say it in a nice way and hope people will like you like that's just not how it works but people will always remember the way you make them feel I think I repeated myself way too much for that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I'm just trying to really hit it in your brain, you know, trying to make you remember this phrase. Um, but that is enough talking for today. I don't know. Today was a good session. Session. Sorry, I'm like thinking about therapy. Um, today was a good episode. Um, today was a good episode. I definitely have more and I'm literally adding to this list all the time. So... I will be making many more parts to this. Um, yeah. I really hope you like this episode. I wish you guys an amazing week, an amazing start to your week or whenever you're listening to this. Get your sleep in, drink your water, eat your food, get your protein in for the gains. I'm trying to get the gains, but it's really hard. Um, yeah, but I will talk to you guys next week for my next podcast. Goodbye.